Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Something amazing has happened in the last week. A new union has risen like Venus from the surf to replace the soiled SDA. The SDA is the Shop Distributive and Applied Employees Association and its deal with Coles, branded as a destruction of penalty rates by stealth, was thrown out of the Fair Work Commission for failing the better overall test. The new union is the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, RAFWU, <laughs> in letters. And we'll hear from Josh Cullinan, one of the founding members, who will tell us the story later in the show. We also talked to taxi owner drivers who will be rallying on December the 3rd at Victorian Parliament steps because they say they are not being properly reimbursed by government as the once highly regulated industry is under assault by Uber and regulation changes. But first, some workers' news. The Senate has passed one of the Coalition Government's key bills targeting unions. With the support of every crossbencher, except the Tasmanian Jackie Lambie, in a marathon session that extended until just after 2am on Tuesday morning. The Fair Work Registered Organisations Amendment Bill 2014 passed the Senate 33-30 at 2.13am, having been rejected twice by the previous Parliament. The Registered Organisations Bill passed the Senate securing support from Nick Xenophon team Senators and Independent Senator Darren Hinch. The passage of the legislation means unions will be subject to the same regulations required of corporations. A new regulator, the Registered Organisations Commission, will oversee unions instead of the Fair Work Commission. The bill also includes harsher punishments for corrupt union officials caught breaching their obligations. Senators Xenophon and Hinch supported the government after the government agreed to increase protection and compensation for whistleblowers. The next cab off the rank for the government is the reinstatement of the ABCC, the construction watchdog. It will be interesting to see if Xenophon and Hinch can maintain their stance as pro-worker and what the government can offer them to justify supporting the government policy here. A delegation from the CUB 55 will be taking their message to Canberra where they will be briefing politicians about their plight and its ramifications for other working Australians. The CUB 55, with support from their unions, the AMWU, the ETU and other unions, are picketing the CUB plant in Abbotsford, Melbourne, after they were fired and offered their jobs back at 65% of their wages. The dispute has been going for over 123 days. No movement has taken place to resolve the dispute since the brewery was taken over by InBev, although talks have been taking place. Despite the company denying ETU estimates that the company is looking at a $2 million a week in production losses, 
Leaked documents have shown that time taken to complete maintenance tasks have shot up and the cancellation of work orders is high. Issues are focused on the packing area of the process and is putting pressure on the company to work towards a resolution. Grilled, the fast food outlet billed as a healthy burger joint, was the focus of intensive scrutiny last year for wages theft because it was using an outdated Howard-era contract to employ people at below award wages. It was through a workers' campaign that the injustice was rectified. A recent petition on Megaphone.com shows that there is a new twist in the grilled saga. Kashmir, who is a young worker at one of the grilled stores, has started a petition and writes, I thought things were getting better at grilled. A year ago, after intense media scrutiny, we got a new collective agreement and a new promise from CEO Simon Crow and management to treat workers right. Instead, grilled are using trainee ships as a way to commit wage theft against young workers. Nearly every single worker at my store is signed up to complete a traineeship, but management avoids scheduling the workshops and makes it impossible for us to finish. So I started a petition, she says. We can't let Grilled get away with treating workers like this. It's not fair. You can sign Kashmir's Petition calling on Grill to stop using traineeships to commit wage theft at megaphone.com. Before we leave Grilled, listeners may be aware that the co-founders of the company are at this moment slugging it out in court over allegations of dishonest appraisal of assets as one tries to take the pot and it is alleged cheat the other. Oh, just another day in the land of big business. If you were in Melbourne on Sunday, November the 27th, Solving Our Job Agency Crisis and Unemployed Workers event will be running from 2 to 6pm. They will be launching their hotline report, distributing free unemployed worker rights booklets and running a panel discussion. Refreshments will be available. The event will be at 110 Grey Street, East Melbourne. Not in Melbourne? then check out unemployedworkersunion.com to organise events closer to home. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. You're on Stick Together with Annie McLaughlin, produced at 3CR Melbourne and distributed by the Community Radio Network. The SDA, the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association, is probably one of the first unions young workers will come into contact with because it covers retail, fast food and warehouse industries. The SDA is 108 years old, but for those who came in late, the SDA is also a throwback to a conservative right-wing Catholic past since the 1950s, inspired by National Civic Council founder Bob Santa Maria. The recently retired National Secretary of the SDA, Joe De Bruyne, was there since 1976 to 2014. The man Gough Whitlam famously dubbed Dutchman who hates dykes.
This conservatism from the largest union in Australia with 230,000 members across the retail, fast food and warehouse industries has a strong impact on the ACTU policies and was problematic when issues such as gay marriage went to centre stage in public debate. During the last ACTU conference, conflict between the AMIEU and the SDA came to the fore because of a deal made by SDA with Coles that took away meat workers' penalties and conditions, white-anting another union to gain membership. It all came to a head when Duncan Hart, a Coles employee from Queensland, took the STA and Coles to the Fair Work Commission over the failure of the agreement to pass the boot test. In fact, it was argued that the SDA had sold its members down the No Penalties River, and the Fair Work Commission agreed with the failure of the agreement to pass the boot test. And now a new union has taken up the gauntlet to replace the SDA. I spoke to Josh Cullinan, a founding member of the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union. I remember, Josh, when uh, when you were um, fighting the uh, SDA Coles deal, uh, yeah. asking you, and it was kind of naively, why isn't there an alternative union to the SDA? And you have actually, you and your compatriots have actually taken up the gauntlet. That's right. That's right. That's what, it's what's, what's needed. It's, um, it's every opportunity has been given to the SDA to democratise, to engage its members, to include them in its policy decisions and then to actually fight for them. And um, the last 175 days uh, since the Coles decision, we've seen uh, not an ounce of work done to restore the lost penalty rates and overtime rates, casual rates and other wages. Um, and in that time, it's over $175 million lost from these workers. So uh, it's clear that there is only one alternative now, and that is for the organisation of labour. And um, that will only occur in retail and fast food through a new union. That's it. We're the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union. The name had a bit of a debate uh, amongst those that were helping set it up. But in the end, we thought uh, it was important that the workers who were members understood um, the sectors that we were working in, that we are a union. We're not an employee association and, uh, and we're about workers. And so all of those words ended up in the, uh, in the name. Okay, so uh, tell us about uh, how it's set up and uh, what is required for this groundbreaking event to continue and be successful. Well, so we're, um, we initially established as an incorporated association. We did that in Victoria because uh, that's where a few or most of us are based um, in the very beginning. Uh, and now we've been registered by uh, the ASIC, by Australian Securities and Investments Commission, to be a registered Australian body. Uh, under the Corporations Act, which allows us to enrol and act for members right across the country. Um, and so we've been eagerly waiting uh, that announcement from ASIC, which came late last week. And so we launched today with a view to enrolling members right across the country and to very quickly, it'll take us a little bit of time, a few months, um, but to uh, look at establishing offices and appointing campaigns and organising staff um, and getting on with the job of returning um, the penalty and other stolen rates to our members. Uh, we've already got a couple of dozen. We launched a few hours ago. And we've got a couple of dozen members already signed up. Haven't checked in the last hour or so. And a lot of supporters. Uh, we've also uh, launched both with uh, a web and 
uh, we've got an online presence. We've also got a, a crowdfunding platform with Possible.com um, to raise funds to um, have campaigns officers work specifically about taking back our penalty rates and to mobilise a, a, a community campaign on that issue. Now, yeah, and you obviously are seeking to employ some uh, organisers and set up some offices in other parts of the country. Yeah, and so mostly that will come over the follow over the next sort of six months in the in the last couple of months, and and for the very immediate term, we're relying on the skills and time of a great deal uh, of the volunteers, and and many of many more have been contacting me today. We hope to appoint. Um, all of our organising staff off the shop floor. We want members who are engaging their colleagues in action and activity to um, to be given the time to work with us and to continue developing that across um, more and more sites. Um, and so we'll be hopefully identifying activists over the next few months that are volunteering with us to um, uh, bring them on as staff as well. Uh, and uh, in terms of officers uh, at the moment, uh, we're mostly online um, and on the phone and by email. Um, and we, we certainly are hoping to establish offices in every major city over the next uh, over the next six to 12 months. Now, you've got your key uh, operators, I mean, are people who were part of the campaign to, which was a real David and Goliath uh, uh, fight against Coles and SDA, but you were successful. So can you tell us about some of your key Workers, yeah. So our key, our core team um, has uh, decades and decades of experience working in retail and fast food. So I, I myself was worked at Woolworths for many years, and then at service stations before working for unions. Uh, James Searle is our treasurer. He's a uh, he's worked at a, ri- a range of uh, retail outlets, including uh, Pizza Hut and Woolworths. Um, he's now a progressive activist and campaigner. He's just been elected to the Yarra City Council. Um, and so he's our treasurer. Uh, Siobhan Kelly is um, one of the uh, smartest and uh, and up-and-coming young barristers, uh, industrial barrister, who uh, led the advocacy for Duncan um, in the Coles appeal. Um, that was one. Um, and then we've got a team of other great activists, people like uh, Michael Johnston, who's been uh, in the press. He's representing 50 Woolworths workers in negotiations, um, trying to get a better deal for them. He's He's on board, he's joined up and uh, is one of our key activists. And we're looking to uh, bring onto our team um, other activists and members from across the country. So we've got a, a good, wide diversity of um, members across all of the major employers and what's involved at, in our core team. And what's at stake, Josh? What's at stake? Why is it so important? Well, on the, on, on the surface, the, the obvious things are the hundreds of millions of dollars in, in stolen wages every year. Um, but digging deeper, at the moment, for the last 30 years, folks like myself and some of those others are just named, our experience of union in our first jobs uh, was nothing like a union. It, was, it wasn't what any working person with an experience of true unionism would describe as uh, a positive union experience. And that's, and that's a huge issue. There's two, two core issues. One is that without a positive experience of unionism amongst our young workers in Australia, we're really failing the next layer of workers who then um, leave retail and fast food and have had an abysmal experience of union um, and are not engaging in unions. The second, the second one is um, something which is probably a little bit more pernicious, and that is 
the reason why penalty rates are under attack for uh, for nurses, for uh, firefighters, for production workers, and in all other parts of our economy, is because a half a million workers have already lost them. If there was a half a million retail and fast food workers who were at threat of losing their penalty rates right now, um, they would be up in arms and they would be voting both with their feet but with their fists. And unfortunately, these outrageous deals done by these employers with the SBA have stripped these workers of their penalty rates. And many, many of them don't even know that they've lost these penalty rates. So I think it's an important element is that um, we need to bring these half a million workers back into the fight for penalty rates. Um, so that we can protect them for all workers in Australia. You know, it was really interesting watching the being at the Fair Work Commission and seeing uh, the barrister, Siobhan, uh, p- presenting the information. I was really taken by the fact that uh, it was like a scam that could easily have just... People would have just... They would have just got away with it, except for the fact that people had applied themselves to... Uh, investigating what these people had done. And I was really amazed by the almost incompetency of the uh, opposition's um, coterie of experts in inverted commas. I mean, it really was just a matter of applying yourself, being brave and pushing back. Uh, That's right. That's right. And and too often we don't see uh, positive outcomes in the commission and courts um, on these issues. I think you summed it up well. The, the, the opposition to this, um, from the opposition to progressive action, so those that are trying to protect the situation, is very, very difficult because it is basic maths. And as long as we're able to shine the light of day on it, it starts to fall apart very, very quickly. It doesn't stop them, though. Right while that case was underway, last August last year, so in August 2015, thousands of workers at Raise Outdoors, BCF, Super Cheap Auto and Rebel... Um, lost their penalty rates in a deal struck with the, the SDA. Right now, we're fighting against uh, the approval of a, an agreement for H&M. H&M, notorious for exploiting Bangladeshi workers. Well, right now, they're trying to cut the wages, cut the penalty rates, particularly on Saturdays and weeknights, of workers at the H&M stores, that, in retail stores in Australia, that we're um, fighting against. So it doesn't stop them. They're still trying. Um, and it is important that we stand up every, on every occasion and shine that cold light of day on it and make sure that those that would otherwise cut these rates are held responsible for it. Thanks very much for giving me your time and good luck. Thank you. Good on you, mate. You're listening to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice. Every week on the Community Radio Network, you're on Stick Together with Annie McLaughlin. You may have been aware that a storm was brewing in the taxi world with the entry of Uber into the market. What does it mean for those working in what is one of the most heavily regulated industries in Australia? I spoke to some very angry owners, drivers outside Victoria Parliament earlier this month. They explain what is at stake for them and why they are rallying on December the 3rd at 1pm to get their voices heard. OK, tell me. Right, um, we're basically here, uh, we're taxi plate owners. We are protesting against government's uh, buyback scheme. We're, you know, pay tax doesn't worth half a million. They're only offering uh, 100,000 over 80s. 
um, and we, uh, you know, there are people who lost their homes and uh, they're finding, you know, there are people in stress um, committed, uh, committing, uh, you know, uh, committed suicide. Um, so we're here to show people uh, that taxi drivers need assistance, not only a handout, uh, like 100,000 is like a handout paid over 80s. Um, so just to highlight our situation. Is, is that amount of money for the people who own the business as opposed to the drivers themselves? The, the business owners pay for years and years and years. Some people got one license, somebody got 10 license, somebody got 15 license. They, unfortunately, the wealth about 10 million, 5 million, 3 million, depending on how many license you are. We work hard, fairly and squarely. We pay our tax. We give a fair go to everybody in our taxi. And now the government turn around and say, look, we're going to deregulate your business. We'll pay you 100,000 for first license, 50,000 for a second license, and the rest is nothing. And it will be star. We're going to impose to the passenger to pay $2 through Uber or taxi as a levy to collect the money. And then that probably start with 2018. And then in 2020, whatever, uh, 26, we start paying that money about over this period. And we are old. We don't have pension. We don't have another support. We lose in our asset. We lose in our subordination. People like Jack, he's really older than me. Somebody is older, but 90 or 90. You work hard, and the government just by the drugs event, they're taking a business away from us. Is this because of the pressure of Uber, or...? Well, by the way, we're not talking about Uber, but if you ask about Uber, you ask me. Uber is illegal until now. The government got them in, in Melbourne, apparently other states, and they don't pay license fee, they, they, they don't collect GST, we collect GST since the GST being created. You don't buy the taxi here because they are American organization. The money go offshore, not in Australia. So Daniel Andrew through now, next year, generally, no more lease. He's not going to collect the lease because he got about maybe 1,000, 2,000 car lease into the public, creating themselves to get income. Now, Daniel Andrew threw all this, over $100 million, $150 million through our GSTs, our tax, the lease, the collective people, because you let Uber in here, and Uber's illegal. Why are they taking back your licences? Well, they talk to us, they won't talk to us, they're probably going to start buying us next couple of years, but we're not, we're not budging for that. We want our money, we want our, the money we pay for our licence, because we don't have anything else to live on. So what do we do for 80 years old or 75 or 70 years old? How long going to work? So You're we, not happy with the arrangement? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely not at all. Do you have a suggestion? What do you want to happen? We, want, we suggest we want a fair go. We need our money back, whatever it is, because the value, some people pay 500000 It's not fair for them to get 100000 in a long time. That's young people. Jack bought, he got a few license and probably bought different years. But in total, you're worth millions, 150,000 only peanuts. You're being shortchanged. Absolutely, we're not happy with them. So we want our money. We want our money for the license we pay. And you too? Can I contribute? My name is Jacob Revzin. I arrived in this country in 1980. And I become a taxi driver because this 
job always available. Why? Because it's low-paid job. So what you can make it? It's also very hard. Put hours in. So I did that for many years. And now what I want to say, I never thought the Australian government will be such an unjust. And I would say the act, what they done to us, it's a criminal act. It's it's. It's an economical terrorism against your lawful citizen. That's what I treated. What they did, they mislead public, foolish them, what taxi industry, the drivers, what they call it, Professor Fels that time, fat cats, I done six days a week for double shift, 16 hours, every day, years and years, to accumulate my assets. And they say we are like parasites. That's unfair treatment. Parasites would be on another side of the fence, not we are. So we want our assets. Free reform, liberal destroy us half, the labor won't finish completely us. And deal, okay. So the liberals promised the you labor. a fair deal. No labor. Oh, labor. The labor, and we all turn against liberals, and we our achievement. What labor today in power? It was our achievement. So that, but I don't know what happened. They changed their mind. Too much money, maybe. I don't know what's what's happened. That's political, more likely political reason why they didn't do that. So you're here outside the parliament. We are here come to demand for appointment with premier. Premier, for two years, I asked for appointment. I couldn't get for two years his attention. We want to speak direct to premier, find out what's going on. Why it's so unjust his government to us. That's what we are here. Thank you. The taxi rally for fair and just compensation for compulsory acquisition of our assets will be held on December the 3rd at 1pm Victorian Parliament steps. The drivers say it is supported by Federal Labor Minister for Wills, Peter Khalil, and Federal Labor Minister for Batman, David Feeney. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Josh Cullinan and the taxi driver owners for talking to us. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.